Good morning. Uh, so good to have you here. Um, I also want to welcome those who are joining us uh, online. Uh, we trust that uh, this uh, time will be a blessing to all of us. So uh, before we start, uh, let's uh, pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you for this day that you have made for us as your people to uh, be glad and to rejoice in your goodness to us. We pray that as we rest, as we rest by hearing your word, as we rest by worshipping you, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would refresh us. We pray that as we take time this uh, morning to um, study your word, that you would bless us, uh, that you would cause the teaching of your word to um, have power, uh, that it would transform us, that uh, especially as we look at this topic of temptation, oh Lord, that we would be uh, strengthened to and uh, made to be watchful so that we may um, be careful not to fall into the uh, traps of the enemy and so that we may be strengthened in you so that uh, we may stand and stand firm. So please bless our time together for we pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so la I was not able to uh, take you through the next session. Uh, which was on, um, let me see, that was supposed to be the um, ways in which temptation comes to us. Pastor Eric was to deal with that, but um, he wasn't well. And uh, I, I, I thought, what do I do? Do I uh, still do the sources, uh, or rather how we attempted the means of temptation or do I move on? And I decided I move on. And then you can get the lesson. Um, maybe you can see me if you want uh, the notes or uh, to get to know what I would have wanted to teach. But basically, uh, just to touch on what I wanted to talk about is that temptation comes in two ways, majorly. We are tempted by, because of uh, our own desires, or when our desires are uh, excited by uh, the evil one. So the evil one does bring temptations, but we are ultimately the ones to blame because we capitulate to the temptation, and we, we were able to touch a bit on that uh, when I introduced this topic. Uh, but today, what we're going to be looking at is the means of overcoming temptation. Um, so just again, a bit of a recap. Uh, we looked at the word temptation in Greek and uh, what did we see? What, what is the word temptation in Greek? Who remembers? It's not such a hard word. It's the word starts with a P. Perasmus, isn't it? And uh, perasmus, we saw that it can mean two things. It can either mean temptations or trials, depending on 
the context. And we saw that especially in James chapter 1, where we are told to rejoice, right, when we have various trials, okay? So we can say perasmos there has been used positively. And, though, and, and so we ought to rejoice. But then we are told that God does not perasmos. He does not tempt us. So we see that then that word there is used negatively. And so we, we, we are mostly concentrating on that second use of the word perasmos, where it is uh, being enticed to evil, right? To uh, where our desires are enticed to do that which is against God's law, God's will uh, that is revealed to us. So uh, that is temptation, all right? And so let's look at how we overcome temptation um, because it's important. If temptation is there, um, we need to know how to deal with it. How do we overcome temptation? Um, in my opening, in my introduction of this lesson, one of the things I try to bring out is that temptation, the doctrine of temptation, is important, at least the way I look at it, because it's one of the first doctrines that jumps out of the Bible, right? Um, we do have the doctrine of creation, we have the doctrine of God, we have the doctrine of man, and then, boom, in chapter 3, we have the doctrine of temptation. And we see it throughout the whole Bible, coming out in different ways. And so we cannot ignore this uh, uh, doctrine. And uh, there are many books written on this uh, topic. There is um, a wonderful book. Uh, um, wow, I just, just disappeared from my head. But I know it has this line. Uh, the remedies against... Satan's devices, remedies against Satan's devices. It's a book I will highly recommend uh, if you want to study more um, this uh, doctrine of temptation. Um, it's uh, written by Brooks. Yes, it should be there in our bookshop. Uh, maybe <coughs> later you can uh, get it. So how do we overcome te temptation? What are some of the ways that God has given us to overcome temptation because God is there when we are tempted. Uh, it's something I touched on again, that God is there when we are tempted, but he is there to help us to overcome. He is there to provide a means of escape, but he's also there to provide uh, repentance and uh, refuge when we do fall. But when we're in the midst of temptation, when we are being tempted to do that which is against God's law, against God's revealed will, how do we overcome? Or when we are constantly being tempted, let's say at work, for example, uh, you, you work in a government office, and Monday to Friday, sometimes even Monday to Sunday, because some people even call you, I know especially with those who are in critical offices, um, in, in certain government departments, if you're working for um, procurement, right? Now, I'm not saying you can't be a procurement officer, but you need to be careful. 
when uh, you, you, you get a job uh, in the procurement office um, anyway, because it's highly likely that you will be tempted. Someone will come to you, and uh, I, I, I hear sometimes what they do is that they come with keys. So someone comes and knocks at your door, and they come in and they say they want to talk to you, and uh, you tell them, welcome, Karibu, have a seat. And immediately they sit down, they introduce themselves, and then they get into their pockets, and they put like three keys on your table. Three keys. One, a car, maybe one, a house, and the other one, uh, you know, maybe... Um, okay, I... I don't. <laughs> I've just heard of. Uh, uh, there are people who've told me of such situations where someone just puts a key and tells them, you know, this is, uh, you know, a V8 waiting for you, and uh, this is a, a, an apartment somewhere in uh, Milimani. Um, and there you are seated, and with all the troubles that you have, you know, you start thinking and um, start wondering, you know, ah. Oh, well, no one is here, isn't it? That's the first thought that comes, isn't it? Or, you know, I could really use a, 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 a good car. You know, my old, my old car is beaten down. and uh, I'm sure the Lord wants me to have a comfortable ride to church. <laughs> and uh, what do you do when you're in those kinds of situations? Um, What should we do when confronted in such situations? What are the thoughts that ought to come to our mind? Because these are real things. I mean, temptation is something we meet every day, right? Or you are seated in a matatu, and there could be, uh, maybe, especially with this matatu, I don't know whether, not all of them have this, but you have a screen there, and it's playing this uh, explicit video, what do you do, right? Or the Matatu conductor just uh, decides to talk uh, to you in a way that um, you feel he's disrespectful and you want to give him a piece of your mind. What do you do at that moment? Those are real situations, isn't it? We meet them every day. I'm sure probably you are tempted as you are coming to church this morning. I'm sure you were tempted yesterday night maybe to get angry at someone or to have evil thoughts or demeaning thoughts towards someone. This is a reality for us as Christians. And therefore, it's important to know how do we survive? How do we, how do we overcome? So, uh, let me hear from you, and then we can. I, I can give you some of uh, what I have. I'm sure probably it's, I'll repeat what you have to say, but yeah. What are some of the ways that we handle such situation? That you're there, you're seated in that office, and someone comes with uh, a brown envelope. And you know in Kenya, they, eh, a brown envelope has something in there, isn't it? And they want to compromise you so that you give them that contract. So what do you do in that moment? You, you remain silent, eh? 
Let me tell you one of the things I think of is going back to the temptations of Christ is that Christ wasn't silent. I don't know whether you, you've seen that. He, he wasn't silent when those uh, situations of temptation came. He wouldn't just say, ah, let me walk out of the office and then show up and then you go. You could do that. But I think the best thing is we have to open our mouths. We, there's a way in which when we speak, it reinforces what is already in our hearts. When you tell this person, I don't do that. I will not accept this. We need to be those who open up our mouths and say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I cannot sin against the Lord. Isn't that what Joseph said? You know, how can I do this? Um, how can I do this to my master and to my God? Um, it's something important. We open up our mouths. Yes, Malu. Yes, is there a mic? Uh, maybe you can help him with. Thank you. Say those three things represent a wonderful car, a house. Of course, if that's what you have been thinking of, oh, I would love a new car. Oh, if only I could get a nice house in Melamani. Then, of course, when the opportunity comes as a temptation, mm -hmm. it's very hard to resist it. Mm -hmm. But if in preparation in your life, you say, that's not what I'm looking for in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really, to resist temptation it's a daily preparation mm. of setting our minds on heavenly things rather than the second Corinthians 4, rather than the things of this world. Yeah. So that when the things of this world are brought to you, you actually don't desire them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say it's because I'm <laughs> but honestly, you can offer me a V8. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think mm -hmm. it's not. Simply what you do at the time. Yes. It's the way you've lived prepared. Mm -hmm. so the way you've guided your heart, yeah. isn't it? That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Malimo, for that. Um, yeah, that was very helpful. That one of the ways we sort of overcome some temptation is we have a pre-temptation preparation. We already are prepared. We ensure that there is nothing in us that the devil can use. Um, maybe help him with the mic, he has something to say. It's okay, you can just yeah. let the mic come. I, I want guys also at home to hear you, Santi. Just to put it in another way, a lifestyle of contentment. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, feel that content in God and what He gives. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, seeking the riches of the world yeah. as being the first uh, priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so lifestyle of contentment. Yeah, so we already start uh, living a life that. We are, at, we are thankful for what we have, 
um, and we then the evil one will not have something to entice us with. Okay, okay. Um, yes, uh, another hand over there. This is very helpful. Uh, and and I, I like doing this because I don't have all the information. Eh? We, we need to interact from the scriptures as to how we can help one another. Yes. Along the lines of preparation, I think of the time Jesus in Gethsemane and when he says to his disciples, or he says in Matthew 26, for example, verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So part of that, again, the preparation, yeah. the commitment, it's watching, being mm -hmm. watchful, watchful over our own souls, mm -hmm. first and foremost, and seeing where are those places where I have sinful desires that need to be put to death. Mm -hmm. And then praying, praying in preparation before you get into the actual uh, situation and mm -hmm. temptation. So uh, it fits as long with what our other brothers have said. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So being watchful in prayer uh, before that situation, uh, before that knock on the door, before that person even sits on that seat, you already prayed up uh, and uh, you're constantly asking the Lord to help you and to uh, preserve you. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you. What other ways has the Lord provided for us to handle such situations? Uh, how about something like anger? Tempted to have outbursts of anger. How how do we deal with such things? Where, which which is a temptation, isn't it? Um, or a temptation to look down on other people. Not to love the saints. That's also a temptation. Um, so I, I have uh, three. Okay. Um, uh, thank you for those who have shared. So there's something Molimu said about being prepared. And uh, you also said that. Preparing ourselves before the actual temptation happens. And I, I, I thought of one of the ways we can help ourselves or guard ourselves is to is a means of grace. Uh, the Lord has provided for us a uh, means of grace. And I, I, I thought there are many passages, but Hebrews 3 and uh, verses 12 to 13 um, is helpful. It's telling us to watch, to be watchful, to take care. And, uh, uh, I, and it's in the context of one of the means of grace. So this is what it says. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Right? So when we look at that passage, we see there's the warning, right? Take care. It's not talking to the young Christians. It's talking to all of us. It's talking to pastors. It's talking to men, women, the old, the young. We all ought to, to take care. It's a warning, right? Watch out. Be watchful, be careful. Don't think that 
you have uh, things that um, the devil can't bring against you. Um, it might not be a V8 Molimo, but it might be something else. Uh, <laughs> maybe some other keys that you may be interested in. But we always are watchful, isn't it? We always, we ought to take care. And look at what he says. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. It's a heart matter. Temptation is a heart matter, first of all. It's not about the person who is coming to your office with a brown envelope. It's not about that person who uh, is constantly uh, irritating you, that neighbor who is always um, uh, moving maybe his fence nearer and nearer your, your property or um, all these other things. It's first of all in our own hearts. That's where the battle is won and lost. The battle is not won or lost in the office. The battle is not won and lost at school or in the matatu. That's where it's won and lost here. And that's where we need to be on the watch for. Looking at our own hearts, searching our own hearts. And I, I, I love the prayer by David. You know, when David prays and asks the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Right? I, I, I can search my heart and think I'm okay. But you, O oh Lord, know my heart. You can look at my heart and see things that I probably can't see. Um, there's a reality that we, we don't know ourselves very well. It's true. We think we know ourselves. You think you know what you're capable of. But it's only the Lord who can truly search your heart and know what is truly in there. Yes, we do search our own hearts. We do search our own um, attitudes and thoughts. For example, we need to always constantly look at our, uh, at our attitudes towards wealth. Right? If I have a wrong attitude towards wealth, guess what? I'm just looking for an opportunity for me to fall. I'm already setting myself up for a fall. So we do search our attitudes. But then there's also the heart reality which comes in with prayer. And um, here's the consequence. It will lead you away from the living God. That's the danger of uh, not being watchful against temptation. We will be leaving or turning away from the living God. The implication is we will end up going into the dead gods with a small g. Idols. We will idolize something. Whatever it is we've been fighting for and desiring. You know those desires when we just allow them to brood over time. No one might see them. They do pop up sometimes in the conversations. And that's why by the, the means of grace, especially fellowship with one another, it's so important. And this is why he says in verse 13, but exhort one another every day. One another. One another. That one anothering that we do here is very important. 
Don't think that we as pastors insist that you come to church because we want the seats to be filled. That's not our purpose. We know this. You will gain help when you are here, gathered with the saints. When you are here, physically, let me say that for the help of those who are watching us virtually. It's important that you are here physically as much as you can. Because this is where one anothering happens. We exhort one another every day. We help one another. Because, as I was saying, there is a way in which those heart issues, those heart sins, pop up in our conversations. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? That as you talk, something pops out and a brother or a sister will just notice, hey, what? I've noticed this brother keeps on talking about this thing. I've noticed this sister keeps on talking about this thing. And then someone might just call you aside and ask you, hey, bro, how, how are you doing? You know, I've noticed that <clears throat> every time you, most of the times when you mention your wife, this statement comes out. Hey, is your marriage okay? I've noticed that every time you talk about work, you've been talking about this, you know, um, this seat, this new office that you want, this uh, corner office that you, you've noticed. Eh? Be, be, be careful, brother. Be careful, sister. Watch out. And then you'll be, and I'm assuming this is what will happen, that you will stop and really look at your heart and say, wow, okay, I, I never noticed that. You know, Thank you. Please pray with me. Please help me. It happens here as we one another as we fellowship with one another, as we pray for one another. Because again, also in our prayers, those things do come out. Isn't it true? And someone will pick that up and pray with you. They will notice it maybe as you um, interact with people. They'll notice, hey, there's a way in which you're interacting with this person in the wrong way. Right? You're, you're not loving towards this brother or sister. I've noticed that you, you have a, an attitude that you're looking down on this person. Be very careful. Watch out on that comment. Right? But exhort one another every day. Especially on Sunday, but every day. So we need to call one another every day. Every day, if possible, you know. Within the week, you don't have to answer me this question, eh? But let me ask you, within the week, how many brethren do you call? Just to call them and find out how they are doing. You don't have to call all the members of TBC, all 150 of us. But are there people who you call, you meet up with, who you talk with, who you just seek to know how they are doing, it would be very wrong a week just passes and you're so busy that you didn't have time to just text a brother or to call a sister. 
and find out how they are doing in the faith. Even your pastors, right? When you hear your pastor has gone to Pokot, just text him, hey, pastor, how are you doing? I could be going through temptations. Eh? <laughs> Maybe it's the people in the car who are tempting me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> we, we need that, isn't it? We need just to check up on one another. How are you doing? How can I pray with you? How can I pray for you? How can I be of encouragement to you? This is why we've been provided with a means of grace and especially fellowship and prayer where we can one another. Even the Lord's table, when we come together and we are seated with one another, together with one another, and we take that bread and we take that cup and we are holding it and we are seeing, I'm seeing my brothers and my sisters participating in this wonderful blessing. It unites me with you. As I hold that cup and I remember that Christ died for my sins. And would I really then allow myself to take that bribe? As I'm holding that bread, can I really say that Jesus is mine and yet fall into, allow myself to be constantly in this sin, it does help. The means of grace are very important. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today. In other words, as long as we are alive, as long as you have breath. You may be on your bed, maybe you're not able to gather with the brethren, but you can surely exhort someone and help someone that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, and that's sin. It is deceitful. It, it doesn't show its true intention. Um, uh, the, the illustration I gave last time was a mousetrap. You know how you have a mousetrap? Maybe it's the one that has... Um, the popular one is the one that you have the um, sort of a, a piece of metal that snaps and uh, holds or even kills that mouse at it, as it, it approaches the piece of cheese or meat or whatever you've put there. That's how sin is. It's deceitful. It looks good. It looks okay, but it hardens slowly and slowly and slowly. And that's why the means of grace are so important. Prayer, fellowship with one another. So that's one of them. Maybe we can talk more. Anything someone would want to just say on that quickly? Um, yes. Just wait for the mic. Uh, for example, for example, for example, for example, 
sana sana unakuwa more korio kazi kuliko god unaulizia mm. mtu ule mtu ako knowledgeable ana placeni christian anakusaidia mm kweli kweli thank you thank you so he's just emphasizing that reality that um when even in the workplace i think what he's adding is even in the workplace there could be believers who you can who can keep you accountable and who can help you isn't it so um yeah it, and and i think it's one of the things uh, i remember pastor murungi challenging us and uh, telling us giving us this challenge that do people in your workplace know that you are a believer do they know that do other believers in your workplace know that you are a believer so that they can fellowship with you encourage you every day because actually they are more with you every day than us here right they they, they ought to be that where people know I'm, i'm i'm a believer now i am you don't have to wear a t-shirt that says i am born again but there is a way, way in which you can conduct yourself uh the way you speak about christ the way you even evangelize uh, when you get opportunities such that people will know hey he is a believer and they can walk with you and help you in that so thank you thank you for that all right um the other one um i was thinking of is the armor of god um that the lord has provided us with uh, a means by which we can so we have the means of grace where we one another right as we pray for one another as we fellowship with one another as we encourage one another as we rebuke one another that happens but then there is that internal reality that the lord has given us um god himself has given us called the armor of god um and i have to say we don't think much about this but yet it's it's there in ephesians chapter 6 and of us 10 to 18 So let me just read those verses. So finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So look at that strengthen yourself in who? In the Lord and in the strength of his might. And how do we do this? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the evil one um i would want to know by the what the, the, that greek word scheme is but i'm assuming it's that's the best interpretation is the schemes is this um plans of the evil one hidden plans you know schemes are hidden they're not on the table right? it's, it's it's something that is done under the table so there are schemes of the evil one against each believer Okay? So we ought to put on the whole armor of God verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this uh, present dark darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
put on, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done uh, all, to stand firm. And then you have the description of the various pieces. You have um, uh, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and uh, the shoes of uh, readiness to uh, preach the gospel of peace, and then the shield of faith, um, and then the helmet of salvation, and then the sword, uh, which is uh, the word of God. Um, and then verse 18, look at verse 18. Pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. My view of this is that we put on the whole armor of God prayer. And that's why prayer is key for us to prepare ourselves for temptation. So, the Lord has given us this armor, the armor of God. Now, is it that we have in the spiritual realm a helmet we have on our head and a breastplate that we put on and shoes? Is that really the case? Because I, I think that's where maybe our uh, Pentecostal brothers and sisters tend to even sometimes take it too literal. Eh? Uh, it's almost like you're wearing something and uh, they would even have that, putting it on, putting it on. Is that the, what he's talking about? No. This is an illustration to show how believers use or pray and remind themselves and stand on the various aspects of the wonderful realities of Christ's salvation. Right? That as we pray, we pray and we pray knowing that the Lord has saved us. The helmet of salvation. It is a reality that we have when we are faced by trials, by rather by temptations. We have the belt of truth. It is the truth of the word of God that then holds all things together, right? We, we in a sense, are able to uh, stand and move because that truth which is in the, the word of God is able to hold all things together. We um, are reminded constantly of what the Bible tells us. The breastplate of righteousness that Christ has saved us, he has not only saved us, but he has imputed on us his righteousness. And we ought to pursue righteousness. I look at it in those two ways. Huh? It's not simply about the imputed righteousness. It's very important, but, but also the, let me call it the pursued righteousness, which we as believers do. So that breastplate of righteousness, that as we walk in life, we ask ourselves, is this the righteous thing to do? Is this the, if I use that word, if I have this attitude, is it the righteous thing that is expected of me? Right? And even when we stumble and we fall, we remember that Christ's righteousness covers us. So, um, 
again, I would look at it in terms of those two realities that we have in Christ. So we pray, and we pray for ourselves, and we pray for one another, as we remember those different things that the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us. Why? Because the devil is there, he's scheming, he's always throwing darts at us, right? Uh, darts are, are always being thrown our way. Uh, some are big, some are small. Um, I don't know whether you've ever seen in, in, in movies where you have archers with arrows that have a flame at the front of the arrow. Have you ever seen that? They would do that, not necessarily because they want to burn the guy who it pierces, but rather, if it finds anything flammable, it will cause damage. So if probably you have um, a barn, let's say your, your city has been surrounded, and uh, you have a barn where there is hay and things that are flammable, and I'm on the other side, and I throw that fiery dart. If it falls on the right place, where you have those dried, um, dried sack of hay, guess what? You have fire, isn't it? That's the picture that is being created here. So this is how we guard ourselves. We are always searching ourselves. We are constantly praying. We are constantly uh, bringing in these realities that we have in Christ as we stand firm in the faith. Um, Someone who wants to add something, uh, maybe, to that? Before we look at the third one, and then um, we can have some more discussion. Okay, good. So that's the second thing I thought about, the armor of God. So the means of grace, and then we have the armor of God provided to us. But then there's the third one. I, I called it the fight and flight mode. Eh? I, I didn't put the word mode there. But we are provided with that. There is the reality of fighting when temptation comes. And there is the reality of flight. So there is a means of grace where as we gather together, as we fellowship together, we help one another to fight off sin and to help one another to grow and to guard one another. There is the armor of God where we personally are praying for ourselves and we, 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 as we pray for ourselves, we remember these wonderful realities that Christ has given us. But then there is the practical aspect when you are there in that situation of temptation. What do you do? You're no longer now in your prayer closet. You're now no longer in fellowship or in the means of grace here in church. You are now being faced by temptation. This is where now fight and flight comes in. So um, I thought of, for example, crucifying the flesh as one of them, um, crucifying the desires of and the passions of the flesh. Romans 6, verses 12 to 13. Let me just read it. 
Romans 6 and 12. So Paul has just uh, talked about how Christ has saved us. Uh, we have peace through faith. We have been justified by faith. And then he comes to the now the practical reality of our daily lives, of sin still trying to find its way in our lives. And he says to, to the Roman believers and even to us, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Right, and then we can just also read verse 14. For sin will, will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. So, Paul, in, after addressing these wonderful doctrines, there are probably those who say, uh, what then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Because some people might misunderstand Paul that salvation by grace alone means, through faith, means that we can continue sinning. Or some people are thinking, Paul, I mean, isn't your theology dangerous? If you allow people to think that and to believe that, won't they continue sinning and he's saying, no, 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 no. How can those who are dead to sin allow sin to continue reigning in them? And we as believers need to see that, that we are dead to sin. We have no relationship with sin. And therefore we must not allow. The word let doesn't mean simply allow, but it is you doing something. Let not. You are active. You're not passive in this thing. Right? You are actively stopping something. Right? It's like going to someone who is guarding the gate and telling them, let not... Okay, that's, let me put it in a, a good way. Do not allow this car to go into this church compound. It's active, isn't it? He has to do all that he can to ensure that that car doesn't come in, isn't it? That's what we're being told. So it's, it's active. And that's why I've put it as crucifying the flesh or fighting the flesh. We are active. We are doing something. You're not just sitting there and saying, oh, temptation is coming. Ah, I'm, I'm watching this. TV program or I'm watching this movie and here's a bad scene. Oh, I, but it's just there and you're not doing anything. It is you being active. It is you switching off that TV. It is you repenting that you allowed yourself 
towards such a thing. It is you taking action to fight off sin. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal bodies. Because if you allow sin to reign, you, you are giving it an opportunity to grow. And he puts it actually in this way. Do not present your members as instruments of sin. So don't allow your, the members of your body, whether it's your mind, right? Don't, don't allow your mind to just wander away. Don't allow your speech to just wander off. Be careful. Be watchful. Let not. You are constantly under that command. Let not. Let not. Let not. So we must fight sin. We must crucify the desires of the flesh. Right? And then, so the other one is, um, all right, to fight and to flee sinful passions. Uh, if you look at First Timothy, Let's just turn there. First Timothy chapter, chapter 6. Verses 10 and 12. So let me just read actually from, uh, to help us with the context, uh, context, I'll read from verse 6, eh? 6 to 12. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with this, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into, they fall into what? Temptation, right? Um, that's something we need to think about, that statement. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And here's the key. But as for you, O man of God, and man of God there doesn't mean pastor. I know in Kenya we like using that. Man of God is the pastor. No. It's talking about we as believers, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which 
you were called and about and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there is the good fight. The good fight is that you deal with those harmful, ensnaring, senseless desires. We must fight them. We must not allow them to have their way into our lives. And especially that one, the desire to be rich. It's dangerous. People, people look at it and uh, would say, well, is the Bible saying that those who are rich are sinful? No, not necessarily. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that desire, that urge, that pull and push to be to have more and more and more and to have bigger this and bigger that, fight that. It's very dangerous. And I think it's fed in the system. Um, yesterday we were doing, we were looking at, uh, in the seminar, parenting seminar, one of the things we were looking at are some of the worldly ideas and uh, concepts that are fed into the education system, which are poisonous to our children. And I think this is one of those ones, right? Where children are made to think that if you are the richest person in the village, you are the most successful person. And you will even, <clears throat> at times, even see teachers praising those students who became rich. No matter how they got their wealth, people don't even want to know. But the person who is responsible and diligent, they're not that much praised. But it's not simply in the world. Paul is saying it's in the church. That's why he wrote this letter. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired him to write this letter. There is a desire to be rich in us, especially in a young church like this one. So you might just think, if I just have a, just one more zero in my bank account and another more zero added to the money I have in my bank account, and then more, and, and, and just push it a little bit more and, and hoard and hoard and have and have. Be careful. It's dangerous. Fight this. Fight it. Don't allow it to survive. Deal with it in your own heart. It is a good fight. It is the fight of the faith. Fighting temptation. Do we think of that? That this is a good fight we are called to, to fight those passions, those desires. Why is it a good fight? Why is it a fight of faith? Because those cravings, those temptations <clears throat> want to drive us away from the faith. Can you see, don't you see that um, in verse 10 where Paul says, it is through these cravings that some have wandered away from the, pay, from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. They are damaging themselves. They are wounding themselves and they do not know it. Their desire to be famous, 
to be the big person has damaged many. And, and I mean, for Paul to say this, he, he saw people who wandered away from the faith. And I'm sure we've also seen some who wandered from the faith because they did not fight the good fight. They did not stand against the temptations of the evil one. I see a hand up at the back. Yes. Thanks so much about uh, fight and flight mode. Mm. I wanted to add a comment on flight mode and also ask a question. Please, okay. Uh, so uh, about youthful lust mm. or youthful passions and being called to flee, it's interesting. Two of the examples given is idolatry and adultery. So with idolatry is in first, I think Corinthians ten fourteen, uh, and also we we are aware about sexual immorality being told to mm -hmm. flee, not mm -hmm. to fight. Mm -hmm. We see to flee. Yeah, that's don't right. try, you know. <laughs> Don't sing with it. Don't rationalize with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to ask mm -hmm. um, about these two nature of youthful passion. Mm -hmm. What's unique about it so that the call to idolatry and adultery is to flee and not fight? And then the second question is, how do you help someone who is at that critical point of decline where the next step is now sinning. So what I mean is all the members have been, you feel like it has been captured by sin, just ready to sin. Mm. You feel like you have been overwhelmed. I'm yeah. using the word feeling because the heart is full of the emotion to fall, mm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so you 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 feel you want to try and fight, but it's not working. Yeah. Because you're at that critical point. The next point is just to bear sin. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, what are some of the help uh, for someone who is the, at that critical point? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So I'll try. I'll try and uh, answer your questions if I got got them right. So what? Uh, I think you've asked what are youthful last, and why is it specifically mentioned as youthful last? Okay. What's the nature? Sorry, the first question was with idolatry and adultery. Yeah. The call is to flee, not fight. Okay. So what's What's common about these two nature that okay. Paul is to flee and yeah. to fight? Okay. I would also add then the love of money. We also told to, to fight, flee, actually both. Right? Um, so flee verse 11, fight verse 12. And I think in the context, this is what he's talking about. Um, yeah, yes, they, 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 there are some things where you, or some temptations where you, like I was saying in the beginning, there are, you have to take an action. You either speak, and you speak out clearly and strongly, not just say, oh, I, I, I don't participate in that. You know, as you, 
you, you sort of uh, fold back into your own space. No, you say it, and you say it clearly. This I will not do. Right? You know, uh, with sexual temptation. This I will not do. Let it be clear. You're not going around, you're not, uh, you're not trying to even please the other person. You are, you are even forceful, I would even say that. This is a terrible sin. Uh, and and, and uh, the other one was sexual immorality and uh, idolatry, and even idolatry, right? Uh, and I think this, this, this love, love of money, worldliness, as I would call it, it's, it's in that category. It's idolatry. We, we have to fight it. You see it throughout the Bible. You see it in Daniel, how he was, Daniel and the three young Hebrew young men, they, they did not mince their words. They were not saying, oh, if, but, maybe, they were not using those words. We will not bow. Yes. Just also to add the context of, of 2 Timothy mm -hmm. 2.22 is where you see the word flee youthful passions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, mm -hmm. have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's another thing to flee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a youthful person, one of the temptations is to enter into controversy and fight and argue all the time. Yeah. And to prove yourself right. <laughs> That's another yeah. one of those. So just mm -hmm. to add that, so that's also called in this section a useful passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to go back to what you're saying about the fight, and I think you're right, there is a forcefulness that of, of what is said and there is speaking, but we need to be clear about what we're saying. And you go back to Jesus' temptations mm -hmm. and Jesus speaks, but what does he speak? The word of God. The word of God. Mm -hmm. He quotes three times from mm -hmm. the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. And in the armor of God, what's the one offensive weapon? The others are defensive. Mm. What's the one offensive weapon which with you fight the enemy? The what? The sword of the spirit, mm -hmm. which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this speaks to part of the way that you actually fight mm. is fighting with the word of God. Mm -hmm. you, when Satan comes, temptation comes with its lie. This will bring you joy. This will bring you happiness. Mm -hmm. You say, no, the word of God says. Yeah. Speaks to the importance of us being in the word. Mm -hmm. Speaks to the importance of memorizing the word of God. Yeah. And having it hidden in our heart. How can a young man keep his way pure? Mm -hmm. I have hidden my, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah. So this fighting. Yes, there's this crucifying the flesh. Mm -hmm. and there's that preparation and even in the moment. Mm -hmm. but we also need to have the word of God ready in the heart mm -hmm. to fight against the lies. So there's that aspect of fighting. And that's what you see Jacob or Joseph doing. How can I do this thing and sin against God? Mm. He's saying that this is a sin, but he doesn't just fight. He also flees. Yeah. He doesn't stay in the situation of the temptation. Mm. So if you're able, it's, it is wise and it is right to physically leave, flee, leave. Yeah. Yeah. And not be in that place, mm -hmm. uh, in that way. So I think there are both aspects. And the other thing our brother was saying, 
what if you're at that point where you feel like you can't, you can't <laughs> resist? Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of fellowship. Call a brother. Say, mm -hmm. brother, I'm in the midst. Of, I feel like I'm on the precipice, about to fall off the cliff. Yeah. Can you pray with me? Or again, fleeing the situation to be with a, a brother to, to help mm -hmm. in, in that way. That's, that's one maybe helpful, helpful way in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. That was so helpful. Yeah, call, call, call someone. If, 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 if you feel you've been overwhelmed or you're at a point where um, your breaks against sin have failed, right? text someone. Or go and... Uh, I, I, I know people who've done that, that they're in a situation where the sin is so strong that they just call someone and say, hey, can I come and uh, sleep over at your place? They call a brother, hey, brother, let me, can I just come and sleep over at your place? And they go there. And a sister calls a sister, hey, sister, can I come over to your place? And that helps. If, if you need to get a matatu from your place to another place, do it. If you need to leave your office, if you need to quit your job, if things are that bad, you better, I mean, what does it gain a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I mean, don't compromise your soul. This is something... I feel, again, we really don't think much about. Do we really think about that statement of Christ? Please, don't compromise anything. Don't compromise, rather, don't compromise your soul so that you may gain all the things that you can get or so that you may get the satisfaction you want right now or so that you may gain the glory that you can right now. So, be prepared we need to prepare ourselves we need to be those who are prayerful right those who fellowship with one another and we need to be those who are actively reading the word of god meditating on the scriptures those who are, uh, are actively fleeing sin i know people who have for example uh if, who have had a challenge with um, with going into sites with explicit content and what they do is they get a, um, a kabambe phone. A kabambe phone doesn't, it, it's a, what do you call it? A feature phone. That's they call that, eh? Okay, feature phone. All right, so it, it, um, it's not Android or uh, um, iPhone, and therefore you can't access the internet with it. Huh? It's a da oh, thank you. That's a better word. It's a damn phone. It's not a smartphone. Eh? You'd rather get a damn phone and uh, go into heaven than keep that smartphone and end up freaking your soul every day, every day. So we have to be people who are proactive. We move, we do, so that we may fight off sin and so that we may uh, grow closer to Christ and his people. All right? So maybe a last uh, question, anyone with a question on this?
Okay, good. Oh, yes, Mr. Mukera has something. In First uh, John chapter 4, verse 4, this is what we read. You are of God little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And uh, I think you could add that one as in number D. Yeah. Because okay. I, I believe as the Holy Spirit will mm. be. Mm -hmm. And uh, quite often we don't think about that one. Mm -hmm. The fact that when the Lord saved us, he gave us his spirit to yeah. indwell in us. Mm. And um, quite often, we may grieve the spirit or even quench the spirit. And uh, as a result of that, we may end up falling into temptation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that addition, brother. Uh, something just to quickly say that um, our brother Miller mentioned from Second Timothy, and that is the one of the other danger about being a young church, the endless debates and controversies and, and, and you have to make, your point has to win the day. I, I think it's something we also need to watch against and pray that the Lord will help us in that. We, we are not just looking for arguments on Facebook, just waiting for someone to post something and then bam, there you are. And uh, always on the lookout on Twitter when someone tweets something and there you are always getting into debates and controversies and all these things. It's, it's, it's a temptation that can lead us to the, I'm, I'm thinking of, about the sin of pride because you know what, I out-argued them. I'm better. You will not say that, but it's pride, isn't it? My argument won the day. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So next Sunday. Oh, okay. So there's a question, it seems. Um, not a question, but a comment. Okay. Um, from Facebook, from Ogot Jr. He says, I think the best way of, of overcoming temptation is just the way one of our brothers has said, we be content of what we have and mm -hmm. also seek refuge from the Bible. Um, even if we seek help from the elders and we are not content, it might still not be helpful as such. Mm -hmm. So he makes that comment. Amen. Amen. Indeed. Amen. Uh, okay. So next uh, Sunday, Lord willing, we shall be looking at um, another aspect of temptation, and that is the reward of overcoming temptation. Are there rewards that the Bible talks about? Uh, are there blessings that come with uh, overcoming temptation? So um, I trust the Lord will keep us and uh, allow us to have that time when we can uh, look at his word again. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you that you are the God who has saved us, you have called us to be a new humanity created in the image of Christ. And we pray that as we are being conformed to the image of your Son, O Heavenly Father, we pray that 
you would give us, you would grant us the strength to overcome temptation. That we would utilize the means you've given us, the means of grace, gathering together with one another, praying for one another, exhorting one another, rebuking each other. Lord, we pray that as we gather together as your people, as we hear your word being preached, oh Lord, please guard us and strengthen us against the schemes of the evil one through this. We also ask you that you would help us to fight temptation and when necessary to flee. Help us to flee the passions and the strong uh, desires that are within us that are brought in by the world. Oh Lord, help us that we would not compromise the well-being of our soul for the things of this world, for the toys of this world, oh Lord. Help us that we would put on the whole armor of God, that we would remember your goodness and your blessings to us in Christ, and that we may pray and live out those wonderful realities in our lives every day. So be with us, Lord, as we will start the morning service in a few minutes' time. Bless our time together. Uh, we pray for those who are still on their way, making their way to church. Please help them that they would get here on time so that we may fellowship together, O oh Lord. We thank you and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.